Welcome to the Biodiversity Podcast, an oasis of thought giving space and time to the matters of life around us and how we can support it. Together, we will dive into different topics of biodiversity and hopefully fill your tool belt with the knowledge to make a small difference yourself. Hello and welcome back to this episode about flowering herbs, perennials, and meadows. I'm very excited to have you here with us again, and I hope that it will help you to think of flowering plants in different categories than just one. Often when we think about how we can restore lawns or parts of parks into more biodiverse, sustainable landscapes, we think of meadows booming with flowers and buzzing with bees and butterflies. This is actually also possible, but it takes a bit of patience and requires some plant knowledge. The first thing you need to know if you want a flowering patch of biodiverse plants is that you must pick sustainable plants. This typically means native plants in your part of the world. And by native plants, I mean indigenous, plants that have lived and thrived in your part of the world for thousands of years. Next up, you should choose plants you know will thrive in different conditions. For example, limestone, sandy soil, more or less shade, water than soil, and so on. Next is to consider which plants you can get as perennials or which ones are one and two year seeds. There is a difference between these and plants that live out their life cycle within a year or two will need to be reseeded so we don't end up with big bare spots. Perennials are more expensive than seeds but also have longer lifespan. I can recommend to plant perennials in groups of at least three of the same kind together so that they quickly can cover some ground and look impressive. Now that we have thought about fulfilling growth requirements, we can consider how we successfully start implementing flowering beds and meadows. After choosing the plants that you find most fitting for your conditions, the way you start implementing is by making a multi-year plan for your seeds. A plan is important to keep motivation high because these types of projects stretch over years. Many of the one and two year plants we sow develop offspring in the shape of new seeds at the end of their life cycle. These mature seeds are perfect to use for the upcoming spring. Here in Denmark, a lot of plants have a hard time developing their offspring seeds well because of weather conditions that can ruin the year's offspring. Birds also love eating the seeds because they contain so many nutrients for the bird's survival. Accounting for these factors, you will probably need to sow seeds multiple years in a row to build up a large bank of seeds that you can use for replanting and that can replant themselves. Now I have talked a lot about how to create flowering beds and perennials, but not yet about where to create these. Beds full of flowering perennials are quite costly to create and have a great aesthetic value. These are therefore meant to be used in cities, for instance parks, gardens, green areas, roundabouts, and so on. These plants also require more labor, which will bring the cost up even higher. So when working on a project that is as much dedicated to biodiversity as to aesthetics, 
choose perennials and seeds of high flowering value. On the other hand, you as a landscape gardener and creator will also run into projects where meadows could be the best option. So let's start with those. A meadow is a field which is left untouched and has a low maintenance need. Meadows can occur naturally and maintain themselves, or they can be created by humans. When starting such a project, you will also need to know of the specific habitats the future meadow proceeds in, and also which plants are indigenous to the area. Meadows are created in the spirit of biodiversity, so aesthetics play a much lesser role compared to city flower beds. Meadows are therefore much wilder looking and contain a lesser amount of large flowers. The flowers in such areas are actually quite small but plentiful. The meadow area is supposed to remain as untouched as possible so to leave microorganisms, insects and other animal life undisturbed. As I said before, aesthetic plays a smaller part, but nonetheless we keep it in mind. Therefore, we do need to mow the meadow once a year, best done in mid-spring, where many insects have awoken from their winter dormancy, but not late enough to mow down new plant sprouts. A meadow is therefore left untouched most of the year and is valued for its quote-unquote, weeds, as much as the planted seeds. We have now covered how to start your bed of flower plants, when to use seeds, when to use perennials, which to choose based on habitat and purpose, how to maintain these biodiverse flower beds, and when to choose the option of a meadow, how to create a meadow and how to maintain it. I hope you have enjoyed diving into this topic as much as I have. Until next time, have a wonderful day. You've been listening to another edition of the Biodiversity Podcast. This program is supported by Green Academy Aarhus. Join us next time and remember you are already a part of the change we all need.